This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I'm Ben Flanagan. I had to really take a break sometimes because it was the daily drain on your mental resources. The hardest thing about covering COVID has been not being able to go into schools and actually see what learning looks like. Just because it's a number on a screen doesn't mean that those things don't start to weigh on you a little bit. Difficult is a challenging word for a journalist. You know, like first responders, we run into the fires. We don't run away from them. So what may seem difficult to others are part of why we do what we do. It did take an emotional toll at times when I had to sort of step back from that and maybe cover something else for a little while just because it was, you know, it was getting to be a little too much. We've hit the one-year mark of the COVID-19 pandemic reaching Alabama. The state has had more than 500,000 cases and more than 10,000 deaths. And as of this week, more than 1 million COVID vaccines have been administered. Now that we're a year into this, I wanted to reflect on the pandemic through the eyes of my colleagues at AL.com, some of the best journalists in the world who have dedicated a calendar year to getting vital information about the virus and our response to the public. For 365 days, I've seen firsthand the relentless dedication to telling the story of the pandemic from every possible angle, from our reporters and editors. And like everyone else in the world, they've made tremendous sacrifices to document this crisis, some of them even contracting the virus themselves. For the next four episodes of Outbreak Alabama, I want you to hear from them, many of whom you've already heard on this show since last April. I spoke to 13 journalists who covered COVID for the last year, whether it's data, healthcare, education, crime, sports, opinion, photography, or human interest. Their work runs the gamut, and now they can reflect on their greatest challenges, the stories they'll remember forever, and how they've changed since last spring. This is called Covering COVID. Episode 1, The Hardest Thing. Each journalist spoke to me about the most difficult aspect of covering COVID in Alabama. A pandemic that has so far killed half a million people in America is inherently dark, and it's challenging work to put it all into context for readers who want as much information as they can get as quickly as they can get it. My name is Lita Gore, and I have covered... All aspects, but really the the bulk of my time was spent on daily updates of of our numbers increasing and and what that meant. I can tell you, I've covered murder trials. I've covered, you know, horrible accidents, airplane crashes. But I think the thing that got me, and I had to really take a break sometimes because it was the daily just drain on your mental resources because... It wasn't like I could walk away. I'm updating the numbers daily. And so I was very sensitive to every county. I was very sensitive to when I saw a spike and why I saw a spike. And, you know, I would I would look and see, is it a nursing home? Is it a VA facility? So it, it was just really, really draining. And it was, it was, you know, you covered it. And just like everybody else, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have any magic answers. But so you're 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 writing about it every day. And then we took a break because the numbers went down. And I thought to myself, just please let me not have to go back to this because that means the numbers are up. And sure enough, we had to go back to it. 
it was having to look at that every single day. So you're dealing with it at work, you're dealing with it from this big, you know, perspective, but at the same time, you're also dealing with it as my husband's a healthcare worker and how's he going to be impacted? My child is learning from home. How's she going to be impacted? So just like everybody else, you had those personal sides, but you also had that work side of how you deal with it. My name is Amy Yerkinen, and I'm a healthcare reporter at AL.com. And for much of the last year, I covered a lot of different aspects of COVID, um, in particular, really looking at nursing homes. And then a little later on in the pandemic, really covering sort of the hospital capacity issues. I feel sort of privileged to have been able to work from home this whole time, and I feel sort of guilty talking about some of the hardships, knowing that there were so many frontline workers who really had to be face-to-face with it for the whole year. Um, But one of the hardest parts of covering COVID this last year really was sort of the emotional weight of some of the stories that I was telling. Um, I covered nursing homes uh, quite a bit, and obviously that was really a center of where COVID spread and was very deadly. And that was really compounded by the fact that the safety requirements really kept families and pretty much everyone who didn't work at a nursing home outside of the nursing home and unable to get in and really see what was happening. Um, And so I think I sort of really felt like it was a mission to try to get those stories from inside of those nursing homes and bring them out to the public so people could really feel like they understood what was going on in there. Um, But a lot of it was really heartbreaking, Um, had a lot of conversations that were really hard. Um, And I know that, you know, it was a very difficult year for staff. It was a very difficult year for families. And there were a lot of heavy conversations um, and, and trying to sort of honor those conversations and and get those stories out there, it it did take an emotional toll at times when I had to sort of step back from that and maybe cover something else for a little while, just because it was, you know, it was getting to be a little too much. My name's Ramsey Archibald. I'm a data reporter at AL.com, which means for the past year, kind of like a lot of us, I've been a COVID reporter and specifically a coronavirus data reporter, uh, looking at numbers of cases, deaths, lately vaccines. um, Pretty much if you can count it, I've been paying attention to it over the past year. I mean, there's a lot that's hard about it. One of the main challenges I think has been within the data itself, uh, Alabama has really struggled with um, that aspect of it, collecting data from all the labs. Like just this week, we had a, you know, 2,000 cases from as far back as last May get added to the system. And that's been very common throughout the entire pandemic. Uh, so there's been questions about accuracy and, uh, you know, data dumps and things like that. That's been a real struggle. But then, like you said, you know, there is each one of these numbers it may just be numbers on a spreadsheet, but each one of them is a person and that weighs on you after a while. Like when you see we just crossed 10,000 deaths in Alabama, I mean, that's a really big number and it's probably, you know, it's still going up every day. 
And so we won't know the full impact for maybe years here. But, you know, just because it's a number on a screen doesn't mean that those things don't start to weigh on you a little bit. My name is Ivana Harinkiu. I have spent the last year doing a daily Facebook Live show called Lunch Break Live, where I have spoken with uh, a variety of different people, medical experts, and everyday people about their experience of living with Good coronavirus. Morning, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, there's been a lot of news happening this morning. If you've not been paying attention, Governor Kay Ivey held a press conference about 11 a.m. where she announced some changes to the state health order that we've been under for I think the hardest thing about covering COVID is, of, of course, talking to, to anybody who has lost a loved one over the virus or related illnesses. But and aside from that, aside from the, the, the victims, which is always terrible, aside from covering that, one of the hardest things about covering COVID is talking to medical experts or other people who are, as we would say, in the know and getting a an outlook that is not what I want to hear. Because like everybody else, I still step away from journalism or interviews and doing a show. I still have a life outside of work and having to listen to a medical expert say, oh, our cases are terrible. People need to stay inside. People don't need to have get togethers or go to dinner. As much as I'm trying to get that information out to the public, it affects me, too. And so that is extremely it can be extremely depressing having to get that inside look. It's helpful, but at the same time, it can kind of alter your mindset a little bit. My name is Dennis Pillion. I'm the natural resources reporter for Alabama Media Group and AL.com. Uh, normally that means I cover the environment uh, and energy issues and things like that. But for the past year, I've been covering COVID almost full time, you know, both from, you know, the initial, even before we had our first case in Alabama, you know, kind of trying to figure out what is this going to mean for us? And then as we went through and, you know, we get the first confirmed case in Alabama. What does that mean? You know, we're having closures, lockdowns, health orders, restrictions. What's going to happen there? What does that mean? Um, how is that actually going to play out in reality? Then through, you know, the, the hospitals filling up and the case numbers really spiking, that was a whole different scenario that we had to cover there. And then now uh, this this latest phase has been the vaccine, um, you know, the, the developing of the vaccines, them being approved and then getting them distributed throughout Alabama. First of all, so much of what we've been reporting on and, and learning and trying to figure out, it's all just such uncharted territory. We have not in our lifetimes experienced anything like this before. And there's so much that's new. There's so much that's unknown. You know, we try to to provide people with information to let people know what we know. But there are just so many questions that, that everyone has. And, and that I think the uncertainty has probably been been the biggest challenge trying to wrangle, you know, both and acknowledge that, yes, you know, there are things we know, there are things we don't know. 
and, and try to draw that line and say, you know, yes, we don't know everything yet, but we do know something and tell you, you know, what the latest research is showing and, and you know, what, what the state's actions, how that is going to impact all of our audience. But yeah, definitely, I would say the unknown has been kind of the most challenging part. We'll be right back. Yeah, my name is Flynn Bannigan, and I'm no, I'm I'm J.D. Crow. I'm the editorial cartoonist for Alabama Media Group and AL.com, and I've been covering COVID like everybody else has in my own way. I just think the overwhelming all the overwhelming aspects of it, uh, especially at first, we didn't know exactly what we were dealing with. There's a, still a degree of that right now. And just where to dive in. The toughest part every day was which angle to go in, and where, where to dive in, and which, uh, which, part of the, which part of the issue do I go at now. And I, I'm, you know, what I do is usually reactionary to the news. I look a lot of our, at our coverage, and I try to uh, do something that maybe resonates with uh, the readers, maybe pull out an aspect maybe they weren't thinking about. But I'm, I'm just dealing with it like everybody else, and, and I've got a, uh, I'm able to, if I can put a visual to what everybody else is feeling, then that's, I guess that's basically what I'm trying to do. Joe Goodman, I spent the last year staring at a computer screen, growing a neck beard, uh, quarantined from the world, covering sports. <laughs> hey, Nick. Um, two questions. First, uh, what were the circumstances when you were yelling at the TV? Uh, when did you see me yell at the TV? Oh, at the beginning in your opening statement, you mentioned yelling. <laughs> I think I did yell at the TV a couple times today. Um, a couple times when we made covering COVID uh, from the very beginning to like covering the pandemic in the middle to like covering the pandemic now are three different separate things. You know, I was in Nashville at the SEC basketball tournament when the shit went down. Like, they canceled the tournament like when I was on press row, okay? And they didn't have any fans there. So it was like covering the day that American sports completely shut down. From there, it just kind of transformed and mutated into this you know, radioactive monstrosity that just continues to snowball into different things. It was uh, just pretty incredible in the beginning because everyone was so scared and sports obviously were shut down. So I just started finding human interest columns to write about. You know, I wrote a column about a food bank that needed help because the normal volunteers uh, or elderly uh, nuns, and obviously they couldn't come in contact with the public anymore. Uh, I wrote a column about a bar in Southside and how those guys, you know, were doing at the beginning of the pandemic because no one was, you know, going into the bar or whatever. I mean, there were so many other things. I wrote a, I wrote a column about, you know, 
this girl who worked at Chef Hanson and um, I think she was the manager there. But they were closed, so she started just baking bread for her neighbors. It was like a beautiful thing. And then it seemed like everybody started making sourdough bread after that out of their homes. You know, yeah, it just just stuff like that, just covering how everyday people were affected by uh, the pandemic, not just the sports world, but just everybody. My name is Carol Robinson, and I'm the public safety reporter for AL.com. I'll never forget that first day that we learned the schools were shutting down for good. And I immediately went out to high-density neighborhoods, you know, in the inner city where I knew I could find a lot of people at one time. And it was such a bizarre day. I think it was just so new and and nobody really thought, oh, wow, the the schools are going to shut down for good. You know, and I spent a couple hours that day just talking to parents who had, and none of us had any idea what was going to come and that this would still be a thing a year later. And I think that's just what I remember the most from the beginning is sort of the confusion and the disbelief that we were in a pandemic you know, that would so drastically change people's lives. Obviously, this would probably goes without saying, the hardest part has been when you've had to talk to people who have lost a loved one to COVID. Keep in mind that a big part of my job is talking to people who lose loved ones. And most of that, you know, is in as a result of violence or a natural disaster like a tornado or, you know, car wrecks. But, but this year, we've had so much, so many stories on death, you know, not related to public safety issues, but related to COVID. And, you know, and again, it just goes back to, I think people, you know, were just in disbelief that their loved one was fine one day and within two weeks was dead through no fault of their own. You know, as far as covering it, I can't say it's been that much different because, you know, what I do is, is track down people probably in the worst time of their lives. And that's the unfortunate aspect of my job. So it's something I'm used to, you know, but I'm talking to people who aren't used to it. I'm Greg Garrison. And for the last year, I've been covering a lot of religion angles related to COVID and also a lot of testing and vaccination. So, for example, uh, about a month ago, I was in Selma for the mass vaccination there. A year ago, I was covering the mass testing at the Church of the Highlands. Those are some of the things I've done. Obviously, writing about people who died tragically is tough. I did one story about a married couple who died within an hour of each other in adjacent hospital rooms. So, you know, something like that, two people in, in hospital rooms dying, they can't talk to each other. They've been married for over 40 years. I mean, those are the kind of tragic stories we got out of this. Uh, the thing I've missed personally is interviewing people up close and personally, because uh, I always prefer to interview people in person. And we've had to 
lean more towards doing things socially distant and even remotely by telephone or Zoom calls, things like that. So I've I've missed meeting and interacting with people in person a lot. My name is Sarah White's Kodacek, and I have covered a lot of different stories related to COVID. I've covered uh, nurses and hospitals and overcrowding and short staffing. And then I've covered the science side of some aspects of what we know about immunity and, and variants. And uh, I've covered the employer, uh, employee kind of challenges and dynamics there with, you know, what, what rights do workers have? What, you know, what are managers doing to navigate? I've covered long haulers, people who have ongoing sort of chronic symptoms after recovering from COVID man, nurse, some nursing home stories. I've covered the vaccine rollout very, in a very focused way in the last few months. And some stories about, you know, death and, oh man, so many different things. I feel like every story I've done this year, schools reopening, it's really every story has been about, somehow about COVID. The hardest thing about covering COVID I don't know that I have the whole answer to that at the ready, but I think one one hard moment recently was contending with the potential like way that the variants might upset or reverse what I had and many people had hoped um, the vaccines could do because like the arrival of the vaccines is just so amazing. I think there was a moment a few weeks ago after kind of getting excited and having my mindset shift to like, you know, this is the beginning of the end and this is like this amazing hopeful turn um, to realizing that maybe things could be way more complicated if we had like variants brewing in other parts of the world where people aren't getting vaccinated that come back and our vaccines maybe aren't entirely effective against them. That's obviously assuming that all, a lot of people want to take the vaccine in the first place. But for me, that was difficult because I think I had kind of turned a corner and then it was like broken down. <laughs> My hope was kind of broken down for a while, to be honest. My name's Joe Songer. I've worked at BirminghamNewsNail.com for 35 years and when COVID broke out, it was one of those things where you had to balance being safe and doing your job. And as a photographer and drone pilot, there was no way that I could just shelter in place, sit at home. I mean, I was out with, you know, a handful of reporters covering everything from testing to vaccine distribution to just the fact that places that we all love to go were now devoid of people. You know, it was a balancing act. You had to mask up everywhere you went. Of course, I do anyway. I'm older, so, you know, I had to protect myself. My job basically was got busier as COVID hit because there were fewer of us out 
you know, in the community. But there was so much to cover. And it was just, it was such a surreal thing. And, you know, in some respects still is. My name is Tricia Crane, and I have covered K-12 education in Alabama over the past year during the pandemic. The hardest thing about covering COVID has been not being able to go into schools and actually see what learning looks like uh, or visit with families. Um, You know, COVID restrictions, schools really haven't wanted reporters in their buildings, right? And so the people that are in school, we're not going in to see them. And then the people who are at home, um, it's it's kind of difficult to get in touch with them. It's been a lot of, you know, phone calls and Zoom calls, but without seeing it, you know, as reporters, we kind of want to lay eyes on, this is what remote learning looks like. This is what in-person learning looks like. So that has been difficult. Roy S. Johnson, I am a columnist at the Alabama Media Group and AL.com. And over the last year regarding COVID, I have covered everything from its uh, disproportionate impact on African-Americans and how uh, African-Americans have feared through the uh, testing process and vaccination process. Uh, Also covered the human side, written stories about individuals who have uh, survived early on, especially to try to give people a sense of how challenging, how dangerous COVID really was. And people uh, in the healthcare field who have put themselves on the front line every day and who were part of the process of trying to uh, address some of the concerns in the African-American community about the vaccine. Difficult is a challenging word for a journalist. You know, like first responders, we we run into the fires. We don't run away from them. So uh, what may seem difficult to others are part of why we do what we do. So I don't know if I would characterize any part of my coverage as difficult. Writing about health disparities was a unique opportunity to shed light on something that had long been ignored by people with the ability to do something about it. Writing about people who had survived was an opportunity to give some humanity to people uh, who thought maybe they were on on death's door. Some of them had been intubated and and had also thought that, you know, they they weren't going to come out of this. So, you know, being able to share their stories. Um, the, the, the uprisings of last year and, and the response to um, the social injustice, as well as all of that in the middle of the pandemic, the challenge, it, it was, I wouldn't say it was difficult. It was disheartening to see how many people just would not believe the science, that would not do the easiest thing to perhaps protect someone else. I think our lack of humanity was exposed and that was disheartening. I don't know, it was it wasn't difficult, but it was disheartening. And of course that manifested itself through a period where we saw 
businesses, unfortunately, uh, being forced to uh, shut down during the pandemic and just trying to struggle to come back. And I spoke with some entrepreneurs who had been in business for 10, 20 years who had done everything right. And all of a sudden, this invisible killer comes along and makes it impossible for them to do business. Uh, so it's difficult to hear those stories. People who went into their life savings are who perhaps were on the danger, on the brink of losing their businesses because of the of the virus. Uh, difficult writing those stories, sure, but more just disheartening. And and you know, hopefully by writing those stories and by having those conversations, you know, it allowed people to have a platform and to feel that someone was listening to them. Uh, it's also been disheartening that our leadership in the state has not responded in a manner that I think it should, particularly when it comes to health disparities for African-Americans. I'm stunned that there's not yet a commission on health disparities established by the governor to finally and intentionally take a an unbiased, bipartisan look at how Alabama can stop being last and in, uh, in, in health disparities can address the issue of infant mortality among black women. You know, the, the entire state should be outraged that one group of women, their children have a mortality rate that's twice as high as others. We should be able to address that. And we could address that if we uh, put our minds to it and put some of our resources behind it. So uh, the most difficult part for me has been personal, uh, just personally trying to stay healthy I am on the brink of turning 65, so by any accounts, I was in a vulnerable and remain in a vulnerable group. So trying to stay healthy through the pre-vaccine period and, and finally getting the first shot and just wondering and just trying to stay personally healthy for myself and my family. And then just hearing personal stories of friends uh, who who either got the virus themselves. My brother came down with the virus and he has a lot of underlying conditions, but thank God he was able to survive. I have uh, friends who lost relatives. I have one longtime friend who lost both of her parents within the span of 10 days. So for me, uh, the most difficult part about this pandemic has not been my role as a journalist, even though there have been times when I was disheartened at how we responded to this unique challenge. The most difficult part has been personal and having to um, sort of hold the hands and witness what this has done to so many people. And I'm sure, you know, anyone you speak to will say everyone now knows someone certainly who has contracted COVID-19, but I would venture almost everyone knows someone uh, who died or is at least one, you know, no more than one person separated from that. And so that has been uh, both difficult and disheartening. Next time on Covering COVID. It's easy to find hope if you try. Even in the darkest times, especially in the darkest times, you know, when there's uncertainty and doubt, I think that's when the human spirit really tends to shine the most. Thanks to my colleagues who took the time to reflect on the last year, as well as those from whom you didn't hear. Thank you for the amazing work that you continue to do to keep us informed on a crisis, the scope of which none of us saw coming and whose complexities we would never have fully understood without the tireless work that you put into it every day. 
If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on COVID-19 and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.